1: Out my
0: window, and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman, and neither are you.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. It has been a while. I'm Colby Patnot and I'm joined uh, as always by Ty Gonzalez, or I guess as usual uh, by Ty Gonzalez. Um, Ty, how are you doing today?
0: Doing pretty well. How about you?
1: Uh, doing okay. Um, Obviously, we've had some te- technical difficulties uh, last week, um, and uh, we're still, we're still uh, fighting through them right now. Uh, you notice the audio quality isn't great. Um, basically, the external sound card for my mic uh, is just fried, so I need to get a new one. And apparently, my town, which is like the 10th biggest in Washington, still doesn't have anybody who carries an external sound card. Um so I'm waiting for that to get in uh via order so right now I'm recording on uh a pretty uh crappy uh mic uh with headphones uh so uh yeah sorry about the quality but uh you know it is what it is hopefully the uh the part I need will get here uh before the next podcast so um yeah sorry <laughs> uh, but anyways uh on today's podcast, we wanted to talk to you guys this week. Um, even if the quality was a little bit lower sound-wise, uh, because it's an important week. It, it, the Major League Baseball draft begins on Monday um, with rounds one and two. The Mariners will make three picks on day one. Um, it's the first time in a long time they've made three picks on the first day of the draft. But uh, it's draft week. It starts Monday. Uh, it's really it's a huge deal uh, to Major League Baseball teams, even if it's not a huge deal to fans. Uh, but it's important enough that we wanted to talk to you about it. So um, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to focus a lot on the draft. Um, you know, we may, depending on time, we may talk a little bit about the, uh, the Mariners' uh, recent struggles and uh, things like that. But today we're going to primarily focus on the draft. So, Ty, the draft is on Monday, begins Monday. Um, let's start here. What is, what is the importance of the draft? uh to the seattle mariners and really to every team in baseball
0: well i think for the mariners specifically you know it continues uh their mission to rebuild this farm system get as much talent as they can within their organization uh with uh hopes of building a sustainable team not just for their ideal date of 2021 but way beyond that uh and i think you'll see uh picks that uh, from the mariners that more so reflect um a uh a commitment to to competing well beyond 2021 2022ish and uh trying to make a, a ball club that is uh is competitive throughout the 2020s and you know uh
1: and beyond right uh basically the the major league draft is the easiest and cheapest way to add talent uh, to your, to your organization. Um, You know, and it's, it's something that a friend of the podcast, Jason Churchill often says on his podcast, um, regardless of where you pick, regardless of how much money you have, it is an opportunity to gain ground on the other 29 teams, uh, you know, the other 29 teams in the game just based on how you draft and how you develop. Um, But there are some differences that before we dive into players and all that thing, all that stuff. um, There are some differences between the major league baseball draft and the more popular uh, NFL and NBA drafts. Um, So basically let's, let's talk a little bit about bonus pools, Ty, because I think that confuses some people. Um, Right. right. so just tell tell me if this makes sense because it is a little complicated i will give people that Mm. Um, basically every club has what's called a bonus pool right and the bonus pool is a uh it's a recommended maximum that you can spend on the first 10 rounds of the draft Mm. um so any any player that you pick in rounds 11 through 40, they're not subject to the bonus pool or whatever. You can spend whatever you want on them. It's fine. All right? Yeah. Anything you pick, any player you pick between round one and 10 has a slot, has a bonus assigned to it, or a slot value.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: obviously, the first pick has a much higher slot than the last pick in the first round. Uh, for example, the Mariners pick at pick number 20 this year that slot recommended slot bonus pool is 3.1 million dollars all right the mariners total that they can spend in the first 10 rounds of the draft which in which they will make 11 picks all right is seven million five hundred fifty nine thousand dollars so with the mariners first 11 picks they have seven million five hundred fifty nine dollars uh, to sign those players. Now you can go over that, that amount, uh, with increasing penalties. If you go, uh, 5% over 5% or less over that amount, you get a 75% tax, um, on the amount that you go over. So if you go just for easy math, if you go a million over, you have to pay another $750,000 on top of that. Um, And then those go up more and more, but it's not really worth talking about because no team really does it. Uh, But there are are penalties if you go above your bonus pool. Now, the important thing to remember here is that just because your first-round pick has a slot value of $3.1 million does not mean you cannot give your first-round pick more or less than $3.1 million. Uh Mm-hmm. Those are, called above, those are called above slot picks and below slot picks. All right. They're pretty common. We see it happen a lot um, in the first round. Um, but it is important to remember that the Mariners have never gone above their bonus pool. And it's highly unlikely they'll do that again this year. So if you give your first round pick, let's say $4 million, then you have to find a way to make up that $900,000 later in your draft. All right? does that all making sense so far? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's kind of how it works, guys. So the Major League Baseball, it, it is similar to the NFL and the NBA drafts now in that the pick has a, a bonus basically assigned to it. However, unlike the NFL and NBA, you can go way above that if you so choose. But there are penalties, whereas in the NFL and NBA, if you're the first pick, you know what your contract's gonna, going to look like. It's already been determined for you. You just have to sign it, uh, which, does, which does lead to some interesting things happening in the major league draft. So um, we saw it happen, well, what, what, 2016, that's when Kyle Lewis was drafted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him go from somebody who we thought was going to be a top four or five pick, fall to the Mariners at 11. And a large part of that was the teams who picked in the top ten, quite a few of them went with under-slot signings. They drafted guys who they really liked. gave them less than first-round money or less than the slot money that was recommended to them. And that way they could spend more money later in the draft. So things like that do happen. It's a little complicated, like I said, but the bonus pool system is what it is. The Mariners, uh, we've seen the Mariners manipulate it. In their favor, we we saw them throw two million dollars at uh, Sam Carlson, and I think the slot bonus for that was eight hundred thousand. Uh, so they went over, and as a result, they had to take lesser players in rounds three through ten to be able to afford that. Um, so just keep all that in mind, guys, as we talk about prospects and things like that. The bonus pool is very important, um, you know. And again, to quote Jason Churchill, he says, "Major league teams they have one eye on their draft board." And one eye on the money. You have to understand how the money works to understand why picks are made or why they could be made. So, Ty, did all that make sense? And is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I think you got it all, man. All right. Well, hopefully that got that made sense to you guys. Like I said, it's a little complicated. We understand. Uh, but it is just important as we talk about specific players and ideas that you understand that we are taking into consideration the amount of money that they have to spend um, on these picks. So that's just something that you guys need to keep in the back of your mind. Like I said, I know it's complicated, but hopefully I explained it well enough that you can get the gist of what we're talking about. But anyways, Ty, enough of the boring money stuff. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some prospects. Um, Some guys who you think might be available at pick 20, or maybe even just some, Broad ideas. Um, Actually, you know what? You know what? Let's let's do this. I I, I do want to point out one difference in the baseball draft and the NFL draft. Um, Teams largely do not draft based on need uh, for their 2019 team. That just it doesn't make sense. They don't draft on need for their 2020 team. Uh, Ty, you want to do you want to explain why teams typically don't draft, um, you know, I see a lot of people tweet stuff like, oh, they need to draft a starting pitcher. Uh, why does the Major League Baseball draft not operate like that?
0: Well, it, it, it's very, to make it very simple, it's, you know, you, you think about bringing these guys in they're you know, it might take them two years to four years to even six years to make, you know, a Major League roster. So at that point, you just go best player available. You get the best talent that you specifically like and you develop that player. It's not about, you know, because when you draft uh, one of these pitchers or, uh, pitcher or a pitcher or a position player, you know, they're most likely not going to be Mike Leak and play for you that year. <laughs> right. Uh, that rarely, rarely ever happens. So it's about getting best player available or getting the guy that you like the most and developing them from the start, no matter where they play.
1: Right. It's just, you know, you might think that the Mariners are going to need starting pitching in 2023. But what if in 2023 Logan Gilbert and Justin Dunn and Marco Gonzalez and Kikuchi and Sam Carlson's back and, you know, they found this guy in the sixth round. They signed this free agent. For all you know, by 2023, the Mariners could have the best and deepest starting rotation in Major League Baseball. You just you don't worry about that type of stuff, particularly early Um, later in the draft. You know, you could say, hey, you know what? Our organization needs more catchers. Let's take one. Um, But that's usually stuff that happens after the 10th, 11th round. Um, In particular, the first four or five rounds, it's just all about talent and whether or not you think you can sign that talent um, based on money. So keep that in mind. Um, You know, I know that the Mariners are loaded in the outfield, but what if Jerry trades? three of them, and what if two of them never make it, and what if one of them, you know, gets hurt or whatever. You know, there's just too many variables to worry about how they fit on the Major League roster in the next two or three years. So um, right. just, just keep that in mind. But anyways, Ty, let's let's talk about prospects now. Um, the Mariners are at pick 20. Do you want to start with kind of an idea, or do you want to start with a specific prospect? Because I'm open to either. Uh, I think we should talk about
0: the uh, this idea of the uh, the prep infielder that they're uh, sure. looking at. You know, there's been a bunch of names thrown around, so let's try to dig into those and maybe talk about why that's realistic or why maybe that's a little bit of a smoke screen, you know, and and try mm-hmm. to figure that out.
1: Sure. Um, if you guys haven't been uh, keeping up on the latest uh, MLB uh, buzz rumors, um, the Kind of the trendy rumor regarding the Mariners over the last month or so has been this consistent interest in uh, New Jersey high school shortstop, uh, Anthony Volpe, I think you say you pronounce it. Um, he's, uh, he plays Della Bratton High School in New Jersey. He's a Vanderbilt commit um, shortstop, 5'11", 180 pounds. He's 18 years old. Um, it seems that the Mariners are at the very least outwardly saying that they really like this player and they're strongly considering him at pick 20. Um, so Ty, what do you, what do you kind of think of uh, Volpe the the prospect and uh, the idea that the Mariners might draft him at pick twenty? I, I mean, it's
0: really hard to sign these guys that are committed to Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Volpe or Volpe, however you pronounce his name is, Considered widely to be more of a mid-second round guy if he does get drafted, uh, I I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless they have some sort of inside track to sign him. But you uh, you heard something uh, pretty interesting about their plan with that if they were
1: to select him. So sure. maybe t- maybe tell the listeners about that. Sure. Um... There is an idea floating around out there uh, that I would say most people don't believe uh, the Mariners have the, the stones or whatever to pull off. Um, and basically, the idea here is, is that the Mariners select Volpe in the first round, knowing they probably can't sign him, um, for a few reasons. Volpe is, like you said, he's a Vanderbilt commit. Those guys, oftentimes, they do go to school. Um, the, a reported rumor is is that he's looking for a $3 million signing bonus to even consider, uh, which isn't a huge problem for the Mariners. That's right with their slot bonus is, so they could do that. Um, but he also has a stated desire to stay on the East Coast, uh, which Seattle can't do, so... Even if Seattle offers him $3 million, he might still say no and go to Vanderbilt and try his luck in three years. Um, so the idea here that I was, you know, I, was, uh, I was whispered to is that perhaps the Mariners take full pay and they make him an offer knowing that he will refuse. And basically they punt their first round pick this year. They say, OK, we selected you. He didn't want to sign. Um, so we don't make a first, we don't get our first round pick this year. Uh, the reason that could make some sense is that if you don't sign a player in the first, I think it's like a hundred picks or first five, there's, there's a cutoff line, but if you don't sign a player, uh, that you in good faith tried to sign, um, you are rewarded with a comp pick the following season, uh, which is usually one pick after, The pick that you the pick that you fail to sign. So if you take bull pay at 20 and you don't sign him next year. You would get the 21st pick in addition to the draft pick. You would just get just from. You know, just from your record of the year before. So uh, the idea here is, is that the Mariners basically trade this year's first round pick for next year's first round pick. And with that also comes the extra money, about three million dollars that you could add to the bonus pool next year. So the Mariners could be picking, let's just say, 10th and 21st. Um, and you're looking at, you know, having over $10 million to uh, sign and draft players next year where the draft co- draft class is supposed to be a little bit better. Um, so it's just, it's an idea that I heard. It was floated to me. Uh, I, I still don't think it's likely, uh, but it could work. Um, and honestly, it, it makes more sense than taking taking the kid at pick 20 to me with the intention of signing him um and it's not like he's a bad prospect like you said he's mid-second round guy on most boards um but he's just he's just not a guy that you take at 20 at least i'm not going to take at 20 um i just i don't see the upside there yeah so maybe we should look at uh you know, some guys that are more
0: realistic for that spot that still fit this idea that um, they're going prep infielder. Uh, So, you know, there's been a few names that have been thrown around like Gunnar Henderson, um, Matthew Lugo, Brooks Lee. Uh, Which of those guys um, jumps out to you? Uh,
1: Specifically between those guys, uh, I would say... That, see, I don't really love any of them at pick twenty. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to take Lugo. Um, I feel like his bat has the most upside. Uh, I don't know if he's going to stick at shortstop. I think he's probably more of a second baseman, uh, maybe even a third baseman. Uh, but like I said, he's 18 years old. The hit tool is above average. He's already shown average power um, with above average raw power. Um, pretty decent runner. He's just very he has he's a very toolsy guy. Um, and I just trust his hit tool to develop more than I do the other two. Um, and in particular, I, I trust his power, um, the power, the hit tool and the power tool are a lot better, uh, in my mind than, uh, Volpe and, uh, a guy like, uh, Nunez. So Nassim Nunez. So, um, I, I would prefer Lugo if they were going to take a prep, uh, shortstop at pick 20. Um, but like I, said, I don't love the idea uh, in general, d- depending on who's actually on the board at that point.
0: Yeah, personally, I think this is a smoke screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I uh, I don't think that because uh, historically Jerry Depoto has not done this. Uh, he's not gone prep early in the draft, and until he does that, I'm not buying into it. Um, I particularly think that their their guys Josh Jung. Um, that's just the guy that really jumps out to me that has been mocked there and has had some rumors with the Mariners. Uh, I think that's the guy, uh, really, if he's there,
1: right. The third baseman from Texas, uh, Texas yeah. tech. Yeah. Yeah. That he's a very interesting player. He was coming into the year. I think he was pretty much a consensus top 10 pick, um, um, and uh, thus far, he has uh, "quote unquote" struggled um, in 2019. Um, and by struggle, I mean uh, he is hitting—he's um, hitting a 333, 471, 597, with uh, 20 uh, 20 doubles, nine home runs. Uh, you know, and more walks and strikeouts. So he's really struggling this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually, I really like him as well. I think the hit, tool, both the hit and the power tool are going to be above average. Um, he's got a really strong arm. I think he can stick at third base. Um, I don't think he really has the speed to be a corner outfielder like some have suggested. I think he's a third baseman or a first baseman, and you give him every opportunity to stick at third. Um, where he should be at least average, so uh yeah I, I like i like uh i like that idea, and I would certainly be in more favor of that than i would um uh, any of the prep uh, infielders we've talked about
0: um yeah, so. and then you know going back to prep in- infielders uh real quick though you know brent Beatty was uh, sure. was one that was uh mocked to them uh, by pipeline, i believe, so that's another option where that's that's a little easier to swallow because that's a guy that's kind of in that 20 range. Um, It's just, uh, he's currently committed to Texas. Uh, Can you sign him? That's really the biggest uh, deal with that, but he seems pretty likely to sign from what I've heard.
1: Right. Um, Baby's interesting. He's already 19 years old. Um, He's high school senior. He's already 19. He turns 20 in November. So he's not a young, I mean, he is young, but he's in terms of high school prep draft guys, he's an old uh, prep player, uh, which they can be tough to scout sometimes because <laughs> the difference between a 17 year old and a 19 year old is large. Um, but uh, yeah, Beatty's got, uh, you know, people, scouts love his, uh, his hit tool. Um, they especially love his power. I know a lot of people kind of liken him to uh, Nolan Gorman uh, from, uh, St. Louis Mm -hmm. first round pick last year, uh, 92 miles an hour, 92 mile an hour fastball when he's on the mound for his high school. Um, the question with him is what position is he going to play? Not, not a very skilled third baseman right now. Not doesn't have the foot speed really to play in the outfield. Um, he could be a first baseman. Maybe, uh, he's already got good size He's six foot three, 210 pounds. Um, he is a he's a prep infielder that I could swallow at twenty, um, just because again the bat is is better, um, and I'd rather take a chance on the bat than uh like for for, for uh, Volpe being a, an average uh, shortstop defensively I'd rather have the bat than the average glove so mm-hmm. um, yeah I could definitely I could definitely swallow that
0: so are there any other options in the first round that you see or do you think that they are going infield? For sure.
1: I, I don't think they're going in. I think, again, we have to wait and see how the draft board falls to them. Um, mm-hmm. If a guy like, and it, it's not going to happen, but just as an example, if a guy like Hunter Bishop falls to them at 20, just because he's an outfielder, you're not passing that up. You jump on that guy. Right. Um, you, same with Alex Manoa, the starting pitcher from West Virginia. Uh, it, Bryson Stott, the shortstop from UNLV. You just jump on the best player that, that is there um, that you think you can sign. Um, you know, I, I do think it ultimately ends up being a college player, uh, just because that's Jerry's MO. And last year, if you guys remember his first 10 selections were college players, he didn't draft his first high school player until he took Damon Cassetta Stubbs in the 11th round. Um, now he, he has drafted Sam Carlson out of high school in the second round. So it's not unheard of. It's not like it would be shocking. Um, if they did, but I do think ultimately it's it's a college player. Um, and you know, one of the names that might drop to them that I would be really interested in is, uh, Shay Langliers, uh, the catcher from Baylor. Yeah. Uh, he's a legitimate catcher. He's, I mean, he's a defensive catcher, um, with actually a pretty solid swing that could generate, you know, 15 to 20 home runs and a pretty decent average and on base skill, skill set. So, um, Shay Langliers from Baylor is a guy at 20 that I would be doing backflips over. Um, but I do really like Josh Jung and, uh, if they're going to go college bat. And, uh, I, I, think somebody that they are going to like in particular is George Kirby, who is a uh, starting yeah. pitcher from, uh, from Elon, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think, like
0: him. Yeah.
1: Do, do you, do you know where Elon is?
0: Elon university? <sighs> I have no idea where you. We're gonna look this up right now.
1: Yeah, I, I just did. It's Elon, It's in Elon, North Carolina. <laughs> oh,
0: okay.
1: All right. So yeah. Um, a lot of lot like, of good ball prospects come out of North Carolina. So yeah. Uh, this yeah. year, guys, just so you guys at uh, as a uh, junior at Elon this year, he has a two seven five ERA with a hundred and seven strikeouts and eighty eight innings. And here's the Jerry Depoto number: uh, six walks <laughs> total. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's uh, very similar to uh, Logan Gilbert
1: last year. Yeah. so It is six walks to 107 strikeouts in 88 innings. Um, we, know that, we know that Jerry, the control the zone thing is, I mean, it's, it's perfect for Kirby. Fastball um, sits in the low 90s with some run. He's hit 98 before. Um, six foot three, 205. There's not a lot of projection left in there, but he could add some good weight still curveball um, and Slider are both above average offerings. The changeup is uh, his fourth best pitch, but it could be a solid average uh, change of pace offering. The command and control, as you might imagine, was six walks in 88 innings yeah. is uh, is really good. So that's a guy I could see them really liking at pick 20 as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if I were to do a mock right now, I'd probably mock Kirby or Jung to the Mariners. So
1: Right. Assuming they get there, like you said, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so, is there what... someone? Is there someone that you see right now that could have a Brady Singer type of fall?
1: Um, I. It's interesting because I don't. I don't know for sure um, because rankings are kind of all over the place this year. Whereas last year, Singer was a pretty consensus top seven, eight pick. Yeah, uh, and he fell what to pick twenty, I think. Uh, or what? he fell to the second
0: round, I thought. Didn't he? Uh,
1: Singer, I'm pretty sure he was first round pick still. Oh uh, right, I'm
0: thinking about Jackson Cowart. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And easy to confuse those two. Um, and they ended they ended
0: up together in Kansas City. Yeah,
1: too. exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you know Bryson Stott is a guy that I've seen all over the place. Uh, Pipeline has him at ten. I know for a. Uh, for a while, uh, Keith Law had a mock to the Mariners at 20, and he thought, yeah, that's about where, he's, that's about where he should be taken. And I know you, know you talk 10 to 20. That doesn't sound like a huge jump. Um, but in the major league draft, it, it's fairly significant in terms of dollars for these guys. Um, the one name I'm watching as somebody who could potentially fall, um, and if they did fall to the Mariners and they took him, I would do backflips over, is a, uh, is a prep player. Uh, actually, from the state of Washington, his name is Corbin Carroll. Um, he is a—he uh, He's a left-handed outfielder. Plays at Lakeside here in the state. Uh, UCLA commitment. Uh, this dude is—he might be my favorite player in this draft. Um, the hit tool is already plus. His uh, MLB pipeline has him at 70 speed. Um, I've seen some have him at 75, almost 80. Um, And that's on the scouting scale of 20 to 80, where 80 is Hall of Fame, um, 70 is elite, 60 is, you know, plus, 55 is above average, 50 is average, yada, yada, yada. Um, The power's not there yet. Uh, He's 5'11", 161. There's a decent chance it never comes. um, But there is still some growth there. Um, He's a center fielder. Like I said, he's got the bat. He's got the wheels. He's a good defender. Arm lags behind all the other tools. There is still some upside for power there. The reason he might fall is, um, well, bonus pool or uh, bonus demands. Uh, Corbin Carroll is in a family where his family, uh, like a lot of high school players, you offer them $2 million, they're going to take it. That's more money than their family has ever had. For Corbin Carroll, he doesn't need the $2 million. His family doesn't need it. He's got a full ride to UCLA. It's not about the money for him. There are some rumors suggesting that he would want as much as $4 million to sign. Um, and if you know, 19 teams decide, hey, we can't give him $4 million, or we don't want to give him $4 million, and it falls all the way to the Mariners, the Mariners should absolutely give him his $4 million and find a way to save the money somewhere else. Um, so the bonus demands of Corbin Carroll, I could see him tumbling down. Um, and I think there's a decent chance that he falls out of the first round altogether just because teams, they just get to a certain point where we just can't afford to give him $4 million. If he falls out of the top 10, he could fall out of the first round entirely. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a guy I would, I would watch. Right. Um, but uh other than that, is do you have a uh do you have a player tie that you would like if you could have any player, you know, realistically with a realistic shot to be there at twenty, who who would you like?
0: Um Yeah, really I'm I'm focused on Josh Jung and, and George Kirby. Uh, those are kind of my two two guys that I, I really just love. Uh I lo- I, I really like uh, Shea Langaliers as well. I just I, I I don't think he'll be there. Right. Um, Corbin Carroll, of course, I love, but, you know, you talked about why that's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the one guy that I absolutely love in this draft, though was Hunter Bishop. I know yeah. it's not going to happen, uh, but he's just fantastic. Uh, so, and it would be awesome to have, you know, the Bishop brothers in the organization, but would. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it, I think really, I, if they go Jung, if they go uh, Kirby, I'm really happy.
1: Sure. Um, one thing worth mentioning here at the, at the, we probably should have mentioned at the start, is that the general view of this draft is that it's pretty good on college bats. The prep player group is, it's about average, maybe above average. Uh, the weakness in this draft is college arms, uh, in particular, starting quality uh, college arms. So uh, George Kirby, at um, pick 20, you're probably getting the, I don't know, fourth or fifth best college arm in the entire draft. Um, so that that would be a pretty solid selection there um, as well. Because yeah, who, who else is out there? There's uh, Lodolo,
0: whatever, however you pronounce his name. Right. Uh, uh, no. Who else am I missing? Zach uh, Thompson.
1: Yep. Jackson Rutledge is a community college guy. Uh, right. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, Seth Johnson, maybe. Uh, but I, I would rather have uh, I would rather have Kirby than him. Um, yeah. So, I just I think he's probably the fourth or fifth best uh, college arm. Um, and maybe the 10th best pitcher, top 10 pitcher in this draft. So, um, yeah, that, that would be fine by me. I think Kirby is a guy that a lot of people wouldn't be that excited about just because he kind of seems to have a number three ceiling. Like he's not an ace, uh, probably not going to be an ace, but we don't know how these guys develop. Um, I guess the nice thing about Kirby is, is that he'll probably be a pretty fast track guy to the big leagues. Uh, like I said, there's not a lot of filling out he has to do projection-wise, and his stuff is pretty good already. Um, but I, I would be happy with that as well. Um, just There's a lot of players, a lot of ways this thing could go. Um, and we'll see, man. Like I said, I didn't think that – um, oh, we just talked about him. The Florida – Brady Singer, I didn't think there was any way he would be available to the Mariners last year. And not wow. only was he available, the Mariners didn't even take him. Yeah, <laughs> they they took uh, they took a uh, Logan Gilbert, and uh, I didn't really that's, love it then. But <laughs> that's that's worked out pretty well for them so yeah. far. So <laughs> yeah, so like I said, I certainly we are not draft experts by any stretch. Um, but you know, those are kind of those are kind of our thoughts on round one, guys. Um, I do want, again, the Mariners are going to make three picks on day one, um, and their next pick is pick fifty nine. Um, this is interesting because it really is dependent on what they do at pick one. If they take, uh, if they, you know, throw up their Hail Mary and they take Volpe and they know they can't sign him, they could draft somebody in round two and give him some of Volpe's money. Um, or if they take a guy like Kirby, who's probably going to sign for slot, um, then round two becomes interesting because you might, maybe you take an over guy in round two, or maybe you, uh. Maybe just stick to the status quo and just take a guy you like in that spot. So, Ty, let's move on to pick fifty-nine. I believe it is. Um, is there anybody? That, let's let's assume that they take. Let's just say it's Kirby, right? I pick twenty. Right. Let's assume they just spend slot three million dollars off the board. Uh, the slot for pick fifty-eight is, or sorry, uh, fifty-nine is uh, one point one eight five, basically one point two million dollars um where do you want to see him since uh spend that money or do you want them to go high prep here and overpay or do you what, what are you thinking
0: hmm. yeah they're really uh, in this area there aren't a whole lot of players that i absolutely love um i you know i'm typically uh I typically lean towards stacking up on arms and these, you know, from like rounds two to four, I like going arms, uh, over bats. But, um, you know, one guy that I like is Ryan, uh, Pepeo or, uh, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, from, uh, from Butler, the right hander from Butler. I think that's a decent fit for them. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's really hard because it's just there aren't a whole lot of guys that stand out to me, and where I'm like, that's the guy that I want them to, you know, overpay for, or that's the guy that they maybe should go underslot on. Um, right. There's just um, I don't know. There there really isn't an obvious fit here,
1: right? Especially when we're working with incomplete information. So maybe instead of saying you know, Hey, pick a guy that you like in round two, maybe just, is there, are there just a few players that could fall that you think could fall that you would just absolutely love the Mariners to take? Like, instead of trying to pick a specific, like they're going to say, take this guy. So just maybe a player that you're like, man, if, if this guy fell to round two, I would, I would overpay to draft or, you know, I just, I would love the Mariners to take him. Is there somebody like that for you?
0: Um, I like uh, Chase Strumpf, the, the second baseman yeah. out of UCLA. Uh, if he were to fall, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about, you know, some of the prep infielders again, if one of them were to fall, like a Matthew Lugo or uh, sure. uh, Nassim Nunez, uh, that would be a- a appealing there. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, Ma- uh, Mike Toglia is another guy that if he were to fall, that would be... Uh, really interesting uh sammy siani
1: um
0: mm. is another one that i really like um yeah i you know but again it's just the the talent level in this draft is so strange there's little pockets here and there where it's um where th- there's a lot of appealing talent and then there are just much larger pockets where you really don't want to touch anyone there uh, or just uh or just you know they they're not really uh very exciting um so yeah, I think the few names that I mentioned there are kind of guys that I would be looking for to 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 drop uh i i think i I would figure if Corbin Carroll fell into the second round, he's just gonna go to college at that point
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so i I wouldn't really uh focus too much on that, but you know maybe if someone like gunner henderson was uh fell that far um That'd be, I'd be all over that.
1: Right. And so the thing to remember here, guys, is again, the Mariners have that extra pick. Um, it's possible that they draft somebody in round one at under slot, or they take Volpe pay and just don't sign him. And then they can spend his money on these next picks um, as well. But it is worth mentioning, they do have the 70, they do have the 76 pick as well, which comes with $800,000. Um, and bonus. So you could realistically give this player $2 million to sign with you and then take a, you know, a a college senior or a reliever or something in round three and four, um, and give them like $10,000. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, college seniors, they, they're kind of, unfortunately, they kind of get the shaft in this process because, Major League teams can basically offer them whatever they want, and they're going to take it. Um, they have to. They don't have any other options. It's either take this money or your career's over before it starts. Um, and, you know, I, college seniors, usually they're seniors for a reason, but the Mariners have gotten some decent players out of that. Um, they did get Wyatt Mills um, a few years back. He was a college senior. Um, Keegan McGovern, who I know you love, they got him. Yep. He was a college senior last year. I think they get, like, $10,000 signing bonus. Um, and I think he led the, uh, the, the A ball in home runs or slugging or something like that, um, in his first taste of pro ball. So I just keep that in mind. A uh, couple of names I kind of like in the second round, both college, both, uh, college pitchers. Um, Ethan small from Mississippi state. I really like this guy. He, what's interesting is, is that his fastball is 91,
0: 92. Mm-hmm.
1: And his changeup and curveball are both average to above average. Um, so he's a lefty who doesn't throw all that hard. Um, he doesn't have a fantastic command. He doesn't have fantastic secondary pitches. And yet, pitching for Mississippi State in the SEC, um, he, is, uh, he has a 184 ERA with 139 strikeouts and 83 innings. Uh, which is 22 walks in that time he's deceptive. he 's kind deceptive of, his delivery kind of reminds me a little bit of Kershaw, um, and his arm action reminds me actually a bit of James Paxton. Um, as you guys watch him pitch, you can kind of see both of those guys in his uh, wind up in his delivery. Um, and uh, like you said, he, he already knows he, does, he has a hesitation in his delivery. He can quick pitch you He's just he 's advanced for his age. 22 years old, he's six foot three, 215, chance at three above average or plus offerings with average or better control. In round two, that's a really valuable pitcher. Um, and, you know, we've already – the stats say he can miss bats like crazy. He's advanced. He's going to move through the minors pretty quick. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but certainly a really high floor. He's going to be a major league starter, assuming he stays healthy. So that's one guy. Um, the other guy – and this is a really interesting name uh, for me in general. He is actually a senior, um, but, his, but he's, he has an interesting situation. His name is Noah Song. He's mm-hmm. from the U.S. Naval Academy. Um, Stuff-wise, he's, to me, uh, he's, a, he's a late first-round talent. Fastball um, is in the mid-'90s with some good movement. The slider is above average and is flash-plus at times. It's probably going to be uh, a very good offering at the major level. Curveball is behind, but the change-ups average are better, so is the command and control. Six foot four, 200 pounds. He actually has some room to add even more muscle. Like I said, he's a senior. The issue with, with Noah Song is that he has to serve in the military for two years after he graduates, um, so that would be 2020 and 2021 uh, where he just effectively wouldn't be pitching for you. He would be uh, performing his military services. So you'd have to wait two years before you even get this guy into your organization. Uh, yeah. But he he'll be 24 at that point. Um, he actually just turned 22 yesterday. So congratulations, I guess on surviving, um, but uh, <laughs> you get him in the organization at 24. He's like I said, the stuff is pretty solid. Um, he could be up in two years by then. So it's a bit of a wait for Noah song, but I really do like the upside. Um, I think he's, he, you know, obviously a Naval Academy kid. Um, so, you know, he, he has a pretty good head on his shoulders. Um, I don't think, I don't think uh, work ethic is going to be an issue uh, when he's, Away performing his services to the country and all that stuff. And, you know, oh, by the way, he's 11 and 1 with a 144 ERA and 161 strikeouts in 94 innings um, <laughs> with just 31 walks. Uh, also, by the way, last year as a junior, he had a 192 ERA with uh, 121 strikeouts in 89 innings. Um, not facing the best uh, competition. Um, I don't even I can't even tell you what league Navy plays in. I think it's the Patriot League. Um but he's a guy that I really like. So Noah Song and Ethan Smaller two uh college arms that I would I would be quite happy. Um I'd be quite happy if the Mariners took that. Do you,
0: do you like that um God where where does he play? I wanna say Ball State, the pitcher. I want to say his name is Dre. Ray Jameson. Dre Jamison. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do. It's, yeah, it's good stuff, man. It really is. Um, I guess the concern there is that he's six foot and one sixty five, uh, mm-hmm. with below average control. Uh, but, and he's a sophomore, so he does have leverage. He doesn't have to sign with you. He can be drafted next year. Um, and could potentially be a first round pick if he has another good year. Um, but yeah, the, the, the size is a bit concerning. You wonder how he's going to hold up over the course of an entire season. Um, but yeah, the stuff there is, it, it's really good.
0: So where is the third and final pick of the day?
1: Uh, the third and final pick of the day is in the competitive balance B round, uh, 76 overall. This is the trade. This is the draft pick that the Mariners got in their trade of Carlos Santana, Redwin, and Carnacion. Um, so seventy-six overall. That will be the last pick of the. Uh, or sorry, that will be the second to last pick of the day.
0: hmm So, do you think that they go uh, senior here to go underslot, or uh, what do you what do you feel on like with this pick?
1: I said, again, it depends so much on how the first uh, first two picks go. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, for me personally, I like. I feel like you kind of tear this draft and you look at like where the cliffs are and all that stuff. To me, I feel like the Mariners are where these three picks are right at the edge of the of the cliff where there's a massive talent drop before you kind of plateau. So personally, I would like to see the Mariners just take these three picks um, as slot picks, unless you know again a Corbin Carroll falls to you or. Um, somebody a uh, prep player falls to you in the in the you know in the with the 59th pick kind of like sam carlson unless a special talent like that falls to you at a certain point i would be perfectly fine with them just taking you know slot type of players um right so i and i like i said it's really tough because we don't know you know the mariners have talked to all these t- all these players and they're un- and they they have done their homework and they understand, Hey, this is what it would cost to sign me. Um, so it's tough to know again, but unless there is a stud who drops to you in round one or two that you can sign, I'm perfectly fine going slot, uh, in both of those picks and then, uh, going slot again here if you can or have to. So, um, like I said, so much of it depends on what they do in the first couple picks, but, uh, he said, I, "I'm open to anything, man. If if they do draft a, uh, if they do draft whoever it is, uh, you know, let's just say it's Corbin Carroll, right, in round one, and they have to give him four million dollars, they do basically have to punt this pick, um, and sign a senior. So, do you do you have a senior in mind? Is that why you asked? Uh,
0: I don't have a senior specifically in mind. Um, I do have a couple pitchers that I just like for that pick, though." Uh, okay. both from the state of Oregon, Grant Gambrel out of, uh, out of OSU and, uh, Ryan Nelson, uh, out of Oregon. Uh, the, both of those guys, they intrigue me. You'll probably get them for slot. They're juniors. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I like, uh, both in that, in that spot, Nelson specifically because he can throw up to 99, um, uh, right. pretty consistently it seems. Um, he hasn't having the, the greatest year uh, in Eugene right now, but um, you know, 104 strikeouts and and uh, 23 appearances probably going to be a bullpen guy for you, uh, and um, and that's fine, uh, you know, with that pick, especially if you if you have to punt it away. Um, so I think that might be kind of the the target there if uh, if you do uh, go over slot in your uh, in your first pick or two.
1: Sure. Um, so the nice thing about Ryan Nelson is that he's six foot three, only one seventy five, so he can actually get bigger and stronger. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said, the fastball is already at ninety nine. So, and that would be a really interesting a uh, pick there. If they they're looking for relievers too, they might consider Zach Hess. Um, uh-huh. He's a reliever from uh, LSU. LSU right? Yep. Uh-huh. You know, uh, low to mid nineties fastball. Uh, six foot six, two twenty. He creates good. Uh, he has a. He creates good angles. He's kind of got this uh, high three quarters arm slot, so he gets a lot of downhill uh, angle on the fastball. The sliders above average as well. Um, I don't think he has much of a, a shot to be a starter. Uh, pretty much a pure reliever um, as well. So uh, yeah, you know this pick, uh, Grant uh, Gambrel, That that's a pretty interesting guy. Chance at three above-average pitches, Um, right-handed pitcher, 6'4", 225. He's pretty well filled out. Uh, Control could be a little bit better, but like you said, 92 to 93 with the fastball was a pretty good sink, it sounds like, Um, Mm -hmm. and a a pretty already solid above-average slider. Yeah. so, yeah, those are the type of players you're going to get here in, in the third round. You're going to get uh, relievers, or you're going, to get, you're going to get starting pitchers who are probably going to be relievers. Um, you know, this is where last year we both liked that guy, um, Alex McKenna. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, you're going to get somebody like that. Um, with this pick, I, I really like uh, Jordan Brewer. He's an outfielder from Michigan. Um, the dude's fast uh, 65, 70 speed. He's actually got some pretty good pop as well. Uh, he's going to be probably be a center fielder. He'll be averaged to better defensively, uh, would be really good in left or right. Uh, probably a better fit for left. Uh, it's going to come down to whether or not his bat develops. Um, he has the, he has power, he has speed, um, and he has a magnificent head of hair and we all kind of miss Ben Gamble. So that'd be nice to have, a. <laughs> to restart the flow bros in the minor leagues. Um, So that's kind of a guy that I would like to see there. Brewer is also a guy though that could go, you know, in the mid second uh, just because there's so much upside there. Um, But yeah, I I just, like I said, it's interesting to see how they decide to go um, with these three picks because they can do just about anything. There's, Depending on how creative they want to be, there's really not anything that's going to stop them from spending money on um on a specific player. And you know, who knows? Maybe they, they draft Bull Pay or whatever and in round one, they don't sign him and I Corbin Carroll somehow falls to you in round two because people think he's unsignable and you say, Oh well, hey, look at all this money we have. Here you go, Corbin. You get to stay in Seattle. So it really is crazy, and that's highly unlikely. But it's also not impossible. So, who knows, man? Who knows? The Major League Baseball draft is insane. It's it's a lot crazier than the other drafts. Um, it's just you know, these guys. You're going to draft them. You're going to be excited for you know a few days, and then you're going to forget they exist for a couple years. Um, at least the average baseball fan will. Uh, so. We'll, we'll see how it all turns out. But I'm excited. I, I said the other day, this is the most excited I've been for a draft in a long time. Um, and it's because they're building on top of something they've already established or they're starting to establish. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Jared Kelnick is the real deal. Yeah. Leo Rodriguez is the real deal. Logan Gilbert looks great. Um, Justice Sheffield's really close. J.P. Crawford, we've, uh, we've unfortunately on the I.L. for a couple weeks I'll, maybe thankfully that it's only a couple weeks. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been really impressed with J.P. Crawford. I think he looks really yep. good. Uh, Shedlong yep. is really starting to come along nicely. Um, Braden Bishop continues to tear up AAA. It's almost like J. Bruce shouldn't be getting those at-bats, but you know, <laughs> we can have that discussion on a later podcast. So,
0: so let's play a little game here. Let's look at... Uh, where uh, we have um, current Mariners prospects ranked and how some of these uh, draft prospects would fit into those rankings uh, if they were drafted by the Mariners in the first round. So I'm just going to throw out some names to you. And you'll just tell me kind of like where they would fit in immediately. So let's go Anthony Volpe first. Where would he slot into the Mariners uh, organizational rankings?
1: Well,
0: hmm, if you um, signed,
1: I want to let me pull up my, my uh, rough draft re-rank that I have right now. By the way, guys, yeah. as I do that, we will be re-ranking the Mariners uh, farm system in June uh, after the draft. Uh, pretty shortly we'll come out with a new top 30, some big changes coming there. And then I'm assuming we'll probably do it again in August after the trades are officially done. And we know who's in the system. Um, so you said Anthony Volpe. Yep. Um, probably six or seven, uh-huh. maybe as low as eight, even. Um like I said, it's, it's not that I don't think he's a pretty good prospect. Uh, chance to stick it short. There's a chance the bat is average or better. Um, I just don't really think the power is ever going to come. And if the power is not going to be there, you need to be either an above-average hitter or above-average defender. And I just don't know if he's going to be that. Um, so I would probably slot him. Either just ahead or just behind a shed long um, mm-hmm. in that 7 8 range.
0: Okay. All right. And I'll group these three guys together because um, I think they kind of have similar uh, outlooks. Uh, let's go Brooks Lee, Matt Lugo, and uh, Nassim Nunez. Where would those guys fit in if they were drafted uh, at 20?
1: Same spot, 7 8. Yeah. We're on there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Brett Bay.
1: Which, by, by the way, real fast. Um, that's a really huge testament to uh, Jerry Depoto because last year, if you had added those guys mid-season, they probably would have been three. Yeah, you know, somewhere in there. So just just keep in mind um, how far the organizations come prospect-wise. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go ahead. So, Brett. So Brett Beatty. Um, probably just outside the big five. <clears throat> you know that mm-hmm. Kellanick Gilbert, Sheffield, Rodriguez done probably right outside of that. Mhm.
0: And I, I guess that that might be the bigger question here. Are, are is there anyone at 20 that they would take that would crack the top 5? That would take I, I would assume Justin Dunn out of the top 5.
1: Um
0: so George Kirby, Josh Jung would those guys potentially crack the top 5 or Corbin Carroll?
1: Uh, Corbin Carroll would. I would probably put Corbin Carroll at number three. Um, I, I really like. I'd have him just behind Nick and Gilbert, just ahead of Sheffield um, and Julio. So Corbin Carroll would. Um, Hunter Bishop probably cracks the top five. Um, Shea Langliers probably cracks the top five. Alex Manoa, um, guys like that. Bryson Stott would be pretty close um so would so would jung um and kirby they would all kind of be in that that number five range um other than that based on guys who might actually be available to you Uh i don't see anybody um just it's a little tough to visualize right now with the the way things work um i will say there was there's only one player that i would uh just for fun. I, there's only one player that I would actually put ahead of Kelnick in this entire draft. Um, that's uh, Adley Rutschman, the Oregon yeah. State pitcher. Um, yeah. Who, by the way, fun fact, was the 40th round pick of the Seattle Mariners in uh, 2016. <laughs> so uh, the last pick, uh, the, last round, the last round pick in 2016, going to be the number one overall pick this year. More than likely.
0: Yeah. He should have signed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh wishing made it so uh yeah. but yeah that's it's kind of interesting you got any more names um i think that's it
0: i, I you know because uh you you covered some of the ones that i i didn't ask you about like shay Lingler's. how about someone like jack leiter or uh <laughs> or matthew allen
1: yeah I, i'm a huge fan of jack leiter that is uh al leiter's son or nephew or um let me see here. He is the uh, yeah. He's nephew. the son of Al Leiter. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's the son of Al Leiter and the nephew of Mark Leiter and Mark Jr. Um, and the cousin of Mark Jr. Uh, he actually plays at the same high school as Anthony Volpe. Uh, I really like him, so that would be really tough for me. Um, and as for uh, Matthew Allen, um, it sounds like Allen wants four million dollars as well. Uh-huh. But if Allen was drafted by the Mariners, I'd probably put him five behind Julio. Um, and as for as for Lighter, um, I'd probably go six between Dunn and White, just because you know I don't think he has quite the upside of Allen, but I, I really like him. Um, I would like both of them, <laughs> uh, yeah. either one of them, I should say. Um, you know, I guess my hope is, is that whoever the Mariners take, I'm putting them inside the top five or six, Right. Uh, you know, and that's why I'm not a huge fan of Volpe. Cause I can make a pretty strong argument that a guy like Kyle Lewis would be ranked ahead of Volpe, even though he struggled a guy like Braden Bishop, even though he doesn't have the ceiling, um, because I just, I don't think Volpe is a first round talent. I think he's, and I could be wrong. I, I mean, if the power comes, uh, then Volpe is a really good pick. And that's, that's the thing about these drafts is that you have to wait until we see how player development handles these guys. Um, because I, I think the general feeling with the Mariners uh, or the reputation they've earned from their fans, rightfully so, by the way, that they just don't develop guys very well. So you kind of just draft the guy. or fans just want to draft the guy for what he is now because that's the, they assume that's the best he's ever going to be with the Mariners, um, which, you know, based on the Zarensic era is fair. Yeah. Uh, but we're not in the Zarensic era anymore. Um, and while guys like Evan White and Kyle Lewis haven't exactly hit, um, you know, the Mariners did hit on guys like Julio Rodriguez and, uh, Logan Gilbert. Um, Braden Bishop is a great development job by them. Um, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – if Volpe is the pick on Monday, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, just to be honest. I just uh-huh. – um, and, you know, again, a lot of it is about money. If he – maybe the rumors that he wants $3 million is wrong and they sign him under slot or something, then, yeah, right. fine. Um, it's just so much of this is about, you know, it's going to come down to money and who's still on the board. I just – I just can't imagine I can't envision a scenario where they draft full pay at 20 and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's let's do this. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I could still end up liking the draft. It it wouldn't be hard for me to, you know, talk myself into liking the draft as a whole. It's just that one pick I would be pretty disappointed by.
0: So do you have pipelines list brought up right now?
1: Um, They're top 200. I don't, but I can get it up in like
0: 10 seconds. Do that real quick and look at Matt Allen's uh, profile picture, and tell me he does not look like James Paxton when <laughs> in the face. His his pitch face is uh, very Paxton. Yeah, it is.
1: it's very very past uh, Paxton. Um, those are some thick eyebrows, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the pitch face is very similar to James Paxton. I got one. I got one for you. Uh, look at, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Cody Hose. Oh, yeah, Cody Hose. Yeah. Yeah, from Tulane. Tell yeah. me that it's not Brian of Tarth's brother. <laughs> we should call That's... him Cody of Tarth. He's drafted tarth. by the Mariners. All right. It's yeah, that guy, Cody tarth. he's got the blonde hair, slick back, very pale skin. Um, yeah, that is, that is Cody of Tarth. <laughs> Cody Tarth. Brian. Alright. Yeah, Brian's, uh, brother there. Six foot four, two hundred pounds, so that actually follows too. Um yeah. so you know what? I've decided that I want the Mariners to select Cody of Tarth. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm on board with that.
1: There you go. We gotta get that we gotta get
0: that uh in on uh, <laughs> on Monday, Cody of Tarth. <laughs> yep.
1: Just put that side by side picture of who's the act Gwendolyn Christie, right? What's what's yeah, her name?
0: Yeah, yeah, Gwendolyn Christie.
1: Yeah. I mean, guys, if if you don't believe you got to go check this out, go to MLB pipeline, um, go to MLB pipeline, click on the top 200 draft tab. um, And he is ranked number 25 right now. I'm telling you guys, this guy is he looks like he's from House Tarth. Uh, (laughs) I guess. What is that's not her last name. That's just the island she grew up on. But whatever. Yeah, this is this is Cody of Tarth. So. You guys didn't think we were going to sneak in a game of thrones reference? <laughs> Take that. <laughs> that's right. We're in the end game now. What? Oh, look at that. Boom. Man, we're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you have anything you uh you want to add as the Mariners are already trailing 3 to nothing.
0: Ah, uh, boy. Yeah. Um we're just going to ignore the actual team that's on the field and focus on the future with the draft. Yay. And uh so, uh, you know, nothing about nothing about this current team for the next week. We're just focusing on the draft. That's my happy place right now with this team. And also, you know, once again, getting Daniel Vogel back to the All-Star game. Uh, please uh, hashtag, use the hashtag vote Cornelius. Uh, spread that message around and uh, let's get the let's get our large adult son in Cleveland. Uh, not only for that, but also for the uh, home run derby, which he absolutely needs to be in after that mammoth home run on Monday.
1: Absolutely. And he's also getting some love um, on the national level for the home run derby. I think uh, the MLB Network guys, they uh, they started uh, stumping for him to be in the derby, um, yeah. which should be cool by itself. But, you know, let's let's actually get him in the game, the game itself. Uh, why not? Um, so yeah, make sure you guys, uh, you go and you vote. Um, there are, we have an article up on our website right now that gives you the in- instructions on how to vote. You can go to mariners.com and vote also. Um, and when you guys vote, you know, uh, send us your ballot with the hashtag vote Cornelius and let's, let's get that trending, man. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. let, let's, let's send uh, Daniel Cornelius Vogel back, uh, to Cleveland this summer. For the sure. all star game, not for the trade. Not for a trade. No, no. no. <laughs> Just the all-star yeah. game. <laughs> Hashtag keep cornelius that's for that for that one. <laughs> that's right. Cornel- we gotta get some t shirts made up. Um yeah. so uh all right. So I think that's it's about an hour. So uh I think that's gonna wrap up everything here. Ty, last you got anything you want to say? Last chance.
0: Uh no, I think we're I think we're good. I'm I'm excited about the draft, man. It's going to be a really fun uh, three days next week.
1: Sure is. Uh, so, of course, guys, uh, make sure you guys visit the website, SotoMojo.com. We will be draft-heavy next week, obviously, with the first three days. Um, we'll, have, uh, we'll have articles about incident reactions and things like that. Uh, but we will be draft-heavy for the next couple of days. Uh, so make sure you uh, go to SotoMojo.com so you don't miss any of that content. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Hopefully the next time we record, my um, external sound card will be in and I can actually get on the mic and sound like, you know, a normal person. Um, that will be nice. Uh, so make sure you guys subscribe subscribed to the podcast so you can miss the return of my glorious voice, I guess. Um, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of that stuff. Uh, you guys want to get a hold of us if you have questions, comments, concerns, and all that stuff or anything like that. Um, You can do that. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. We are on Facebook and Instagram, but if you guys want to get a hold of us, if you want to talk ball with us, you pretty much have to do it um, via Twitter. That's how we're going to interact with you the most. Um, And also, if you're a jerk on Twitter, we'll just block you. Um, So... We had some fun with that uh, yesterday. Yeah,
0: but not not before I uh, I uh, verbally spank you <laughs> for right. for about an hour.
1: <laughs> That's right. One of us will, anyways. Um, I do want to real real fast here. We did get one question in, um, and even though we didn't address it specifically, I feel like we talked about uh, we talked about both uh, this guy's question. Uh, Kenneth on Twitter at kitchens two six nine three. He did ask us, uh, "What are your thoughts on the prep shortstops, Volpe, Lugo, and Nunez? Um, which one intri- intrigues you guys the most?" We started our show with that, uh, pretty much, and then uh, your dream scenario. Um, I guess my dream scenario would be Corbin Carroll somehow, some way. Uh, but uh, thanks for the question, Kenneth. We didn't answer it directly like we normally did, but we did get to uh, both sections of your of your question there. So thanks for sending that in. Uh, yes. Really appreciate it
0: yeah thank you yeah uh just to answer that last bit of the question my dream scenario would probably be josh john or uh, corbin carroll
1: Yeah, uh i'd be just fine with either so again no. thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast apologies for the audio we hope to have that figured out make sure you go to mlb pipeline to check out cody of uh, tarth um on their prospect <laughs> page and uh we will see you in another life peace out peace